Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season 3, episode 15, The Long Road Home. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams, written by Carl Binder, directed by Alan Croker, original air date February 12th, 1990. So we're back with season 3, episode 15. The Long Road Home. Kim is off this week, so Doug graciously agreed to sit in once again. I'm back. <laughs> so, the cursed antique from Friday the 13th Wiki is a small yin-yang charm that enables the owner to transfer their consciousness into the body of someone they've killed. So, this episode is also supposed to be in honor of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but I have never seen that, so I can't compare it or bring up what about this episode is like that movie. Did you ever see that? No, I did not. I kind of figured that, but I figured on a slim, Thanks for asking. Slim. I appreciate it, but no, I have not seen it. I've heard of it. So have I, yeah, but I've never seen it. So the last episode that Doug sat in didn't have an antique at all. And now this one has an antique, but they've already recovered it. And the trouble they get into while bringing it back to the store has nothing to do with the antique at all. But they do end up having to use it to save themselves. So another kind of a different episode than normal. Mm Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the episode, someone leaves Johnny tied up at the bottom of a pool and Mickey arrives in time to save him. Johnny tells Mickey that he's figured out how the charm works. It allows a person's mind to enter someone else's body after they've killed him. Jerry, who left Johnny to drown, has the charm and he kills Don, the husband of the woman he's having an affair with. And he uses the charm to take Don's body so they can be together. The stab wound on Don's body is healed once the mind swap happens. Mickey and Johnny bust in. They struggle. Jerry slash Don is electrocuted with the lamp and dies. They get to charm and leave. Mickey and Johnny have a four-hour ride home and plan to outrun the upcoming storm and drive straight through. Johnny worries about what all the death he's surrounded by will do to him eventually. He's worried that the line between right and wrong will become blurred. He also wonders if there's ever a right time to use a curse. Mickey says no. But they do end up having to use it in this episode. Well, he leaves some doubt in there, too. There's certain circumstances that you definitely could use it, but uh, normally you would not use it. And I know Mickey's saying, no, there's no circumstance where you should use an artifact because they're evil, basically. But it's a little hypocritical of her because her life has been saved, I'm going to say at least four times, by them having to use an artifact on her. They brought her back to life with one. There was the one where she became a serial killer. There was... The one where she was injected with madness, and they had to inject her again to get rid of it. And I think there was another one, and it won't come to me right now. If it comes to me by the end of the episode, I'll say it, but it won't come to me. I'm almost sure there was another one. I could be wrong. And so already we know that they're going to have to use the charm. So they stop at a creepy place to eat. I would not be stopping at the place to eat if we were on the road. Well, A... They just got gas, and the guy warned them there's a storm coming. And Johnny says, okay, yeah, maybe we'll just uh, we'll just outrun the storm. And then the next line is, oh, let's stop for food. <laughs> but yes, very seedy place, for sure. Yeah. Wasn't interested in taking an order. The chef is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. A dive by every description. Yeah. So um, the Negley brothers come in with some dead chickens, just like... You know, I guess they always walk around with dead chickens. Nobody seemed really surprised by it. And the brothers are just filthy. They decide to sit down with Mickey and Johnny. Johnny stops Eddie from eating Mickey's burger. 
they won't let Mickey and Johnny leave. So Johnny t- takes on both of them and pretty much wins. The brothers are thrown out by the waitress and Mickey and Johnny start back on their way home. So a lot of what happens next is predictable. The car breaks down because the brothers tampered with it before they left the parking lot. The storm hits, they find a cabin, they go looking for a phone or, or a gas can. And when they can't find either, they look for blankets and wood for a fire so they could stay there until the storm passes. They do notice all the taxidermy around the house. So I know I brought this up to you before and I don't think you remember the last time I brought it up. But there was a diner we used to go to, the one near the movie theater that's changed hands many times over the years. But I think at this point it wasn't a diner. It might have been a pizza place or an Italian restaurant. But it was years ago because I remember D.C. was just little. Mm -hmm. And I specifically remember that place because that was also the place that D.C. signed Dr. Doolittle to me because he could see the movie theater sign out the window. (laughs) So he was still signing at that point, so I'm guessing he was seven or under. I'll have to look and see when Dr. Doolittle came out. Because he, he didn't speak until he, we went to Disney when he was seven. So that had it had to be before then. But anyway, it was the first time he signed something like that. And he combined words. Usually his signing, although he knew a lot of signs, was only single word requests. So I specifically remember when it was. But anyway, I always remember that this place had taxidermy all over the place you would sit in the booth and there was a fox looking at you (laughs) do you remember that you didn't remember remember it the last time i brought it up dc was small so it was years ago this place changed hands a lot i remember that Mm -hmm. you know that i think this was the first place that i remember going to in that building okay i don't know if there was anything there before but so it was a long long time ago like you're sitting there eating and there's a fox <laughs> on the windowsill that ran all the way. You don't remember that? I don't really remember that. Oh my that, God, it was no. so it was so creepy. I was too busy eating my egg sandwich, I think. No, it wasn't a diner, so you weren't eating an egg sandwich. Oh. It was an Italian restaurant at that time, or pizza. Okay. A pizza and Italian restaurant. Don't recall. Anyway. So anyway, I always remember they had all that stuff all over the place. And it was really creepy, and I don't think that specific owner lasted long. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say about that, because that there was taxidermy all over that house, and that's what I think of when I see taxidermy now. So Mickey and Johnny seem to be getting closer throughout the episode. I wondered when they brought Johnny and if there'd be some kind of love connection at some point. So when they decide to look for wooden blankets, like I said earlier, they split up, which is always a bad idea. So Mickey goes to the attic, and if I'm in a dark, creepy house with dead animals all over the place, I'm not going to the attic. I don't even think an attic would occur to me. But Mickey gets up to the attic while Johnny finds human skulls in the barn. And just as Mickey finds a dead, stuffed person in the attic, Mike grabs her. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM.
Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. As Eddie heads, he's outside, as he's heading towards the barn, Mickey sees the rest of their family up there all stuffed. Eddie and Johnny fight, but Johnny breaks his leg. We leave the barn with Johnny about to be stabbed. Back in the attic, Mickey is being introduced to the family, the stuffed family. These guys not only stuffed their family members, but they seem to believe that they're speaking and having conversations with them. Mickey tries to run, but she runs into Eddie, who's just come up the stairs. Now, I already knew that just from the conversation earlier in the car about when is a good time to use an antique, that this was Johnny. But it was made clearer by the fact that Eddie doesn't seem to know what Mike is talking about most of the time. He tells him to go get Teresa. Yeah, he doesn't know really where to find her. The, the answers are very vague. Yeah, so I was definitely convinced it was Johnny by that point. He tells Mike and Mickey that Johnny's dead. And then Eddie convinces Mike to let him be alone with Mickey first. So Eddie gives him 15 minutes and goes downstairs. So Johnny has to convince Mickey that it's him as she's beating him. She finally does realize it's Johnny, but then we get no explanation about how he was able to turn the tables on Eddie and use the charm in the barn because last we saw Eddie was going to, he was on the ground with a broken leg and Eddie was going to stab him. So Johnny slash Eddie and Mickey escape to the barn to get Johnny back into his body, but his body's gone. Just then Mike shows up and thinks that Eddie was going to run off with Mickey. He beats Eddie with a stick and Mickey runs out of the barn. Although, we find out later that Johnny stabbed him, so he already has a stab wound. Which is why, later on in the attic, his brother said, What did you do to him? I always beat him, and it's never that bad. Right. But it was that bad because he was stabbed, but we didn't know that. So, like we said, he beats Eddie with a stick, and Mickey runs out of the barn. She finds Johnny in the attic. Mickey goes back to Eddie slash Johnny, who's severely injured, and she has to get him back into the attic. Meanwhile, Mike is running around the woods looking for Mickey. So if you were running around looking for someone who doesn't want to be found, why would you keep yelling their name as if they're going to answer you? You're pretty much only giving away your location to the person who's trying to get away from you. But he keeps running through the woods yelling Mickey. (laughs) I'm over here. Yeah. So she gets Eddie slash Johnny to the attic, but she can't find the charm. Mike shows up and he has it. So Mike is about to shoot Mickey, but Mickey rolls dead grandpa into Mike and sends them both falling down the stairs. She finds the charm and switches Johnny and Eddie back. Johnny's injuries are healed. Apparently Eddie dies, I guess, from his stab wounds or something. Because if he didn't die, it wouldn't make sense because you're supposed to kill the person. According to the explanation from Warehouse, not Warehouse, from Friday the 13th Wiki, it says it transfers the mind after you kill the person. Okay. But that Eddie guy wasn't really dead. So he must have died. He must have died. In the process. Because if he lived, that wouldn't have worked. Right? Right. That's the way it's supposed to work. The person dies, and then the the other person uh, takes over their body. Their mind takes over their body. Right. Up until the minute before she put the thing on Johnny, he was still alive, the other guy, so he must have just died during the switchover or whatever. So on their way out, Mickey realizes that dead grandpa's body is not there at the bottom of the stairs, but as soon as she says that, grandpa, who's now Mike, jumps out of the shadows and grabs her. One of them stabs him, but it was too dark, and I couldn't see which one stabbed him. Did you see? No. Okay. 
so his, all of his stuffing begins to fall out. But he's able to shovel it back in. Back Some of in. it, yeah. Yeah. He was able to shovel enough back in to be able to get outside and shoot at the truck that Mickey and Johnny were trying to start. But he gets trapped in his own trap, and the wind swings him around while he's hanging, and all the stuffing blows away. So we can assume that he's dead. And Mickey and Johnny decide to continue their conversation about getting to know each other better when they get home. So I guess they're going to be driving the whole four hours in silence, because why can't they talk about it in the car? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. So what did you think about that episode? I guess it's a pretty good story. It's uh, it's out there a little bit, but it's supposed to be. It's Friday the 13th of the series. So, um, yeah, I'm not a good person to watch television with or movies. I find oddities in these shows. So when Johnny, who is now in Eddie's body, right. comes up, and she doesn't know that yet. Right. He cuts the ropes first. Instead of standing in front of her and saying, it's me, Johnny. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> He's going to cut the ropes and let her go ahead and beat the crap out of him, if, whatever she's going to do to, to yeah. defend herself. Yeah, and he eventually says, says, it's me, Johnny. Right. <laughs> but he waits until he already said, did he hurt you? Are you okay? And starts cutting the ropes. Right. And then, you know, when she swings at him, he still doesn't say he's Johnny. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Or whatever. Right. Yeah, it took him forever. So to... those are the things that I find yeah. when I'm watching a television show. So I don't watch television shows or movies with me. I, I just go out in a different area. That was one. And then the other thing is, yeah, the, the car broke down. They cut the fuel line. And uh, they go to this dark house and they knock on the door. Oh, nobody's here. Let's go make a fire. Right. <laughs> Let's go explore the house. This old house with old skulls and skeletons right. and taxidermy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I get it. It's part of the story. It's supposed to be sci-fi-ish and uh, all of those things. So I think the story was pretty good. You know, it's uh, different. I like the story. Yeah. I did. I liked it because it was a little bit different than the regular stories. Like I said, they had already gotten the, the art. I keep saying artifact. They've already gotten the antique. Right. And all of this just happens on their way home. It's not anything to do with the antique, but they did have to use the antique. Right. They usually spend the episode looking for the right. antique. They, we've already established the antique. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a little bit different there. I like the story because, like I said, it was a little different. I thought the dead bodies were gross. I can't stand seeing filthy people touching food. <laughs> so that bothered me. This guy's making a sandwich. <sighs> I can't. Well, this isn't Dorothy over the rainbow. This is supposed to be dark and macabre. So. I know, but I can't <laughs> so stand... It's supposed to rattle. It, bo- it bothers me all the time, no matter what I'm watching. Right. I'm like, oh my God, just just wash your hands. But uh, It's supposed to have a uh, negative type of effect oh, like I that am. on you. I and a uh, shivery effect on you. So, and I think that's part of the deal with Friday the 13th. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's just, yeah, those are just things that bother me. It didn't take away from the, the story. I think they were the perfect characters to be in this story you know you wouldn't expect well you never know you could have a guy in a suit that would be unexpected but yeah i liked it i liked that it was different they seem to be doing a lot of different little things this season so far they got to spin off some of the original ideas give right. them a little bit of a, a different look right so anything that i missed no i think that's it pretty much covered everything all right then we'll be back for episode 16 next week see you later See ya. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition. Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko. Pixabay user 147-98912. Free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.